so good. Yeah, the kids can go down with Jay and Kristen. Woohoo, you're going to have a blast. There goes half the church. <laughs> I think he's going to grab me that chair, but if you could get me um, a different thing, because I need something a little shorter, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be better. Maybe it'll come off to the side. Sorry, guys, I'm being extra today. <laughs> no, I'll just use the standard. Thanks. Sure. I'm going to be nice and comfortable. <laughs> I really appreciate the prayer and prayers. It really meant very, very much. Um, yeah, it's been just a really intense season of life. And I know for many in the community, there's been a lot of intensity, a lot of things that have been happening. Um, so we really appreciate the, the support and love and prayers from everybody. Um, this message might be <laughs> mostly for me. But I pray that it, it helps someone else, too. And I, I believe it is for the community, but I know it's hitting me very strongly where I'm at and, and what's going on in my own heart and what God's dealing with it in my own life. And um, I think a lot of that comes from even just what we've experienced in our family the past year, um, losing a couple of family members, getting pregnant, some of the complications with the pregnancy, etc and wondering god what are you doing what is happening you know and there's been a lot of question a lot of mourning coupled with rejoicing and then that that there's a lot of <laughs> confusion around all of those emotions and being 100 percent honest there were questions that arose in my heart as a result of the circumstances that I began to ponder, and I, I, I believe, I'm a firm believer that God's okay with our questions. He can handle questions, hard questions, absolutely. Um, the, the problem is when the questions then consume you <laughs> and, and then they start to dictate your faith. And that's when it becomes you're crossing over the line into a very dangerous place. And when your faith is affected by the questions that you don't have answers to is not a safe place to be. It's not a good place to be. Um, and so th there's three passages of scripture. I'm not going to hit them all of them today, but I want you to write them down. If you have your uh, phone or notebook or anything like that, take note, because I believe that these are for the time that we're living in as a church and um, just want to encourage you to be reading in them and receiving what the Spirit might give you from them. Um, Matthew 11, which we're going to talk about today some. Uh, Proverbs 3, which I touched on in prayer. And then Hebrews 12. Those have been three passages of Scripture that I've been in the past couple weeks that have struck me so uh, specifically for the time and season that we're in as a community. Um, but just starting out in Matthew 11, I think with we've been talking about, if you haven't heard the message that Pastor Tom preached last week, you got to get online and listen. It was very powerful, very timely uh, for what we're going into and how to be prepared for it. 
and we're coming into it, it, it is a time of promise. We're seeing promises fulfilled, and there are going to be more and more coming. Um, and in Matthew 11, this is what God's been bringing up in my own heart and saying, you got to be watchful of this, Wesley. And I, I think it might be for more than just me. Um, but in Matthew 11, Jesus had just given a charge to his disciples and he leaves there, and, and John the Baptist, who is preparing the way for Jesus, baptizes Jesus, sees the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus, hears the voice from heaven that says, this is my son, my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, right? So John the Baptist saw that and knew that Jesus was the Son of God, had experience, pretty profound experience, seeing the heavens opened up and hearing a voice from heaven. I mean, that's pretty profound. And he was prophetically preparing the way. But now John is in prison, and he's about to die for his faith. He's about to get his head cut off. And that situation that he was in, think of how amazing John the Baptist was, the amount of faith he had. He was a forerunner. Doing uh, ridiculed by all the religious believers of the day. And now he's in prison and he's questioning, is Jesus the one? Because if not, I may have made a mistake because I'm about to die. <laughs> and he sends his disciples to Jesus. And this is where it comes in Matthew 11, 3. And his disciples ask Jesus, are you the one who was to come or should we keep on expecting a different one? And Jesus replied to him, to them, go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed, happy to be envied is he who takes no offense at me and finds no cause for stumbling in or through me and is not hindered from seeing the truth. And that is the key of this passage. It goes on. Those disciples go back to John the Baptist to say what Jesus told them. But Jesus turns to the crowds and he says, what did you come out to see about John the Baptist? Did you come out to see uh, someone? Uh, what did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Those who wear soft clothing are in the houses of kings. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you. And, uh, and one that is more superior to a prophet. Behold, I s this is the one of whom it is written, I send my messenger ahead of you who shall make ready your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And then it goes on to talk about the kingdom of heaven and, and, and enduring vi violence and violent men seize it by force. And he goes on, verse 15, He who has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him consider and perceive and comprehend by hearing. What shall I like in this generation? It's like little children sitting in the marketplace who call to their playmates. We played the... Uh, we piped to you playing wedding and you did not dance. We played the dirge playing funeral and you did not mourn and beat your breast and weep aloud. 
For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they said, Behold, a glutton and a wine drinker, a friend of tax collectors uh, and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And in the Amplified, it says, by her children. So Jesus is addressing the crowd because they were all expecting, uh, I mean, we know the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, e uh, many that were waiting for Jesus to come were expecting it to look a very particular way that it did not look. And that expectation set them up for offense because they said, oh my gosh, we played the wedding uh, music for you and you weren't dancing basically you didn't do what we wanted you to do we played the funeral song and you didn't mourn you weren't doing what we wanted you to do John the Baptist was fasting and they said he has a demon Jesus was feasting he, they said he was a sinner nothing would satisfy them nothing would be able to meet their expectations because they had wrong expectations and Jesus was saying blessed is he who does not take offense in me, offense in the way that I do things, the way that I accomplish my promises. And this is a, a reality that I'm facing in my own life, that I'm, I'm, my questions were starting to cross that bad boundary into a place of, but why this way, God? But why did it have to happen in this way? Why did so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so have to pass away and then we get the promise? Why? 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 And then get started my, my faith beginning to waver. Well, yeah, he raises the dead, but he didn't raise this dead. Yeah, he heals the sick, but he didn't heal this sick. That train of thinking is because of my expectations not being met by wh who God is and what he was desi desiring to do in his plan and promise. And it's been a wrestle for me. I'm just being very honest and open. And, and the, the truth of the matter is Proverbs 3. And that's where the Lord was connecting it for me today. I said, God, <laughs> show me your goodness. Show me, show me what's true. And I did the, the uh, age-old thing, flip open your Bible and point. Literally, that's what I did because I've been in such a, a deep place of questioning and pondering. And I, I didn't want anything to, you know, coerce where I was going in the Bible. So I just said, okay, let this be. And I point and it's lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. Do not rely on your own insight and understanding. And it struck me like the truth that of the sword, you know, where it divides soul and spirit in a moment. And I thought, I've been leaning on my own insight and understanding in the circumstances of life, and it's clouded my perspective of the promise. And not that it hasn't been hard, uh, and not that our situations aren't hard. That's not the point. The point is God can be trusted. And if I believe he's immovable, then I will be immovable too. And I can recognize and acknowledge that even if I don't understand that he does and he's worth trusting, that I can rest 
in the fact that he knows and has a plan. He's good and he loves me. So even when the situation in front of me absolutely doesn't make sense and is painful, I'm not denying the pain. I'm not running from the pain. You have to embrace grief, walk through it, walk through pain. It's not denying that, but it's saying even in light of this grieving, I- even in light of this pain, I know that God is good and I will not lean on my own understanding. I will not lean on my own insight because my understanding is about this big in comparison to the plans and purposes of God who sees the end from the beginning. And in and, and Matthew 11, it shows us even John the Baptist had a, had a moment of questioning, of wondering, are you the one? Is this really it? Is this the promise that was meant to come, what I've been giving my life toward? The questioning is not the problem. It's when it goes over into an expectation that we say it's got to be completed this way. And when it doesn't meet my expectation, I'm offended with God. I become offended with God at, at his timing, at his plan. And I forget that he's a good father who has a good plan, the truth of the matter. And the enemy takes advantage of those lies. He did in me. I mean, it went on a, I had faith for certain things and zero faith for others. Just being honest. It was like, oh, yeah, I can believe for that. I haven't had trial in that area or I haven't had to really face something there I could believe for that I could believe for that that I mean we were just talking recently the challenge was hey when an unexpected emergent prayer request comes it sends our hearts into this like I don't know if I can believe God for that which is not a good place to be Right? That means there's something in me where my faith wavered because of an emergent traumatic experience that was had. But my life and my faith can't be dictated by my circumstances. It cannot be. It must not be. Moving into maturity is saying, <laughs> my circumstances stink, being honest. But God is good. And he has a plan and I refuse to lean on my own understanding and allow offense to take root in my heart toward God. Because God is good. And we're moving into a time in our church family where we're going to be receiving more and more. I mean, even like Pastor Tom talked about last week, what revival will look like, or what it did in Acts 2 anyway, their response to revival might look a lot different than what we were expecting. Our promises coming might look a lot different than what we were expecting. Do not grow offended. Be on guard against offense in this hour. It will put up a wall It will put up a wall against us receiving as a community the fullness of all that God has for us. 
And, I, and even with just the specifics of whatever promise, I, I know there's individual promises here, and then there's corporate promises here that we're believing for as a community, for God to pour out his spirit. And I want to speak to the, the individual promises first, because those are so, I mean, I think those are a little easier to have your own expectation of what that should look like. Right? Because it's a personal promise from the Lord to say, well, you gave me this promise. I'm going to imagine <laughs> how this is going to happen. And it's always this fairy tale idea of how that promise is going to take place. His way is better, even if we don't understand it. His way is better. I mean, think about Matthew 11. Jesus had come and they were calling him a sinner and a glutton. Jesus, the son of God who came to give his life for them. That was a pretty amazing plan. A and as we can see the plan looking back in its fullness, we go, whoa, whoa, what did he do? He gave his life on the cross. He, he lived a sinless life. Whoa, he did that for us. He went around healing the sick and delivering people. Oh my, what a plan. He gave his life so that all of humanity from beginning to the end could have the free gift of salvation. And then he instituted his church to display this plan in the earth. Whoa. And yet the Pharisees refused it because it didn't match their expectations. How sorrowful. What a loss. What a loss. In fact, they're still rejecting it today. Jewish communities still don't see the truth, don't believe the Messiah has come yet. What? Because of their expectations. Because of the way that they were viewing things. And I, and I want to encourage a little bit here because we have to obviously hold our expectations very loosely is what I'm saying. Not that you can't have any. Hold them very loosely. If something happens differently, it happens differently. Just the other week, about a couple, maybe two or three weeks ago, I, w I was journaling and I, with our, um, the baby that's coming, the Lord had spoken to me. I don't know if any of you saw the post I made on Facebook, but the Lord had spoken to me that it would be January. And I thought January 2022, because it was October 2021. And I thought, all I heard was January. And immediate, all right, I start envisioning. What does this mean? So I think, oh, January 2022, I'm going to get pregnant. And January 13th comes, and I wake up with all these scriptures about children being the heritage of the Lord, and I'm late on my monthly cycle, and I'm, oh my, this is it. He said, January, this is it. And then I go to the bathroom to take a test, and I, my monthly cycle comes, and I was crushed. I mean, I can't tell you the, the disappointment, the sadness, the heaviness that came over me, the anger, I mean, uh, the ranges of motion, emotion. And I was journaling about this, and because obviously the baby's due date's what January thirteenth. 
the same date that I woke up with all those scriptures and, and it didn't happen. Pretty crazy. And I was journaling. I said, God, does it make you frustrated with me <laughs> that I, uh, this has happened many times in my life where I misunderstand what you're saying, create this whole expectation, and then it doesn't happen, and I am thrown into all these emotions. Like, are you annoyed at this at this point? Like, I haven't grown out of this. And I heard him speak so clearly to me. And he said, no, Wesley, your faith is like Abraham's, not the Pharisee's. And immediately under understood Abraham <laughs> had some promise from the Lord. And he tried to make it. He, uh, he was looking toward everything for that promise to be it, right? That's how Ishmael happened. He said, oh, uh, we're supposed to have a baby? Okay, well, this must be it. This is how it's going to happen. And that happened multiple times with him. And do you recognize that God never rebuked Abraham for that? Never. He was actually called the father of faith, even though he missed the, the way of God and the timing of God multiple times concerning the promise. The, the key is he didn't reject the promise. He didn't grow offended in God when his way didn't happen. He continued to believe. He continued to believe. Where the Pharisees, they didn't. They saw it in front of their eyes and could not believe. They, didn't, they weren't looking for it. They were looking for one specific thing. And when it came a different way, they said, nope, that can't be it because it has to be this way. Abraham said, oh, wow, nope. Okay, I'm still looking. I'm still looking. Oh, it's going to come a different way? Let me keep looking. Let me keep believing. Those might seem very similar. It's a heart posture. So that's why I want to say, it's so, I mean, I, I felt the, the affirmation of God wash over me because I was really concerned, like, man, I'm not getting this lesson. And it keeps happening over and over again. And he said, no, you keep believing. You just keep believing. Disappointment after disappointment, hardship after hardship, Every time that it doesn't happen the way that you're expecting it to happen, you go through your range of motions and then you say, God, I trust you. I believe. I'm watching. That's faith like Abraham. And in your, in your waiting for the promise of God in your life, don't get hung up in the places where you miss it. Just keep going back in faith. Don't grow offended. Don't Block your heart. Don't put a wall up to the promise of God. Because if it didn't happen one way, it's going to happen another. He has a plan. He always comes through on his plan. He always comes through on it. He does not fail. He is faithful to complete the work that he began that is who our God is. He does not fail. He does not fail. Even if it doesn't look the way that we were expecting. And I think that this is uh, for our personal promises and then for corporate. I mean, what's, what is revival going to look like? What is the healing? When, when we've gotten words that this is going to be a center for distraught, 
pastors. I mean, that, that word has come from multiple people, even people who have never, uh, who don't attend this community, have said that we are going to have burnt out and uh, exhausted leaders from different churches coming here to receive healing and refreshing. What's that going to look like? That's pretty intense. You know, you get those words and you're like, yes, refreshing. But think about it. What's that actually going to look like? Pastors and leaders who are heavy and worn out and exhausted. Yikes. Coming in, wavering in their faith, needing healing, needing a touch. That's what God's going to do. How's that going to look? Is it going to be a service here? Is it going to be in our homes? What's it going to look like? He's going to just send people into our homes? Uh, you know, we can't, we don't know how it's going to look. What about signs and wonders and miracles? We believe that's happening. That's coming. It's already here. It's the trickle has begun. That dam's about to break. But what's that going to look like? Us out in the street, in our workplaces, seeing sick people and laying hands on them to see them recover? Or is it going to be all of them coming into this building on a Sunday? It could be both. It could be one. It could be the other. It could be something totally different. We don't know. We don't know what it's going to look like. And we should not box God into how it's going to look like. But look in faith and say, God, whatever it looks like, I want to be part of it. Make me ready. Make me ready. Help me to see the way that you see. Help me to see all of these things come into play. I think of promise, I think of even the word that Kale just gave to Kiara uh, on Monday night about being baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire and that that uh, baptism was going to ignite to a new level her anointing and her, her power in her worship and in her ministry. What's that going to look like? Right? What's that going to look like? How's the Lord going to do that in her life? That's a promise for you. That was released over you as a promise. He's going to do it. Well, what's it going to look like? Is there any place of partnership that needs to happen? That's another question. Lord, do I need to partner with you to, to walk this out, to actually walk into the promise and not just passively wait for something to happen? How do we actively wait and receive those promises? Those are questions and, and, and things we need to bring before the Lord to say, Lord, am I doing what I need to be doing right now? You might be, or he might have something for you to do. You won't know until you ask him. You won't know until you ask him. If he doesn't say anything, then just keep doing what you're doing. Don't stress. Don't stress if you don't hear anything. Just keep doing what you're doing. He will let you know if you need to partner with him in an activity to receive that promise. He will let you know. And if he doesn't, say anything. Keep going on the trajectory that you're on in faith, believing, watching, waiting expectantly. And don't let there be room for offense. Now that's 
pretty much all I have for today. And, I, I, and at the end of Matthew 11, it really, um, there's the invitation from Jesus. And he says, All things, in 27, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and any to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is who our God is. His invitation into rest. His invitation into rest. He's working. He's doing what he needs to be doing. Rest in the promise. That's, that's something that I've been, again, just, you have to labor into rest sometimes, right? <laughs> to say, quit it, mind. I'm laboring into rest, to rest in the promise, to rest in what he said he will do, that I trust him. And, and I want to encourage everyone here today just to be meditating on that and then saying, Holy Spirit, is there any place in me? I mean, maybe you already know. Maybe as soon as I said the word offense <laughs> and uh, God, something was like, whoop, man, I got something there. You know, usually you know if you're like, yeah, I have a hard time having faith for this. I have a hard time believing for this. The, the root of that might be a, a bit of offense because God didn't meet your expectations. And in that case, I would encourage you to just repent from it. Turn from it. Leave it at his feet and let his blood wash that place in you, his forgiveness. And then you have freedom to be at rest again and say, I will not lean on my own understanding. I will not lean on my own insight. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord, no matter what it looks like. I just want to give a minute here, maybe the next couple minutes, if you want to put some music on. We're just going to pray for anyone that wants prayer with for this, or if you want to just take a moment. I just don't want to let this moment pass if there is something that the Holy Spirit has brought to the forefront of your heart that you could either by yourself in your seat take a moment and deal with that with the Lord and, and hand it over to him or if you want someone to pray with you find someone in the room. We don't need a specific prayer team I don't think. If you want someone to pray with you find someone in the room and, and, and go get prayer for whatever it is that you say, man, I've been struggling with this and I want to lay it down today. And wa I want to lay down my expectations. I want to lay down a fence and repent for that and turn so that I can be full of faith again and really believe that God is who he says he is and he's good and his plan is going to be better than I could imagine even if it doesn't look like it right now. That his plan is better. Th I mean, that's what I'm declaring over myself. His plan is better than I can imagine, even though it does not make sense to me right now. It's better than I can imagine. It's better. It's better for whatever reason these things happen. It's better. 
It's better. It's better than any plan I could have come up with. It's better because he's better and he's good. Thank you.